This is Lee Neville, former Walt Disney World International Program cast member, and you're listening to Stories of the Magic. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast, with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more, right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to episode 125 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. If you're new to Stories of the Magic, we are a positive and story-filled Disney podcast offering stories from cast members, Imagineers, artists, actors, and more, including guests, promoting a mutual love of Disney, celebrating and preserving the Disney magic and legacy, and inspiring people to live their dreams just as Walt Disney did. If that appeals to you or piques your curiosity, you're definitely in the right place, and I'm glad you're here. Today, we return to our first international cast member, Lee Neville. Lee was in the international program at Walt Disney World, and last time we talked about what that entailed and some of the special things that he got to do. Now, as I said last time, it is also a rather subdued-sounding interview, because it was about 1 o'clock in the morning for me when we did the recording, and when you're in an apartment with a sleeping wife and a sleeping toddler just steps away, you pretty much be as quiet as you have to. Now, in this episode, Lee talks about the Epcot Christmas tree lighting ceremony. More from being part of Candlelight Processional, including being the only British singer that year. Favorite narrators and favorite conductors. Visiting all of the Walt Disney World hotels and which one is his favorite. Volunteering at Give Kids the World Village. Participating in other volunteer opportunities. What got him interested in Disney in the first place. What he loved most about what he did. Making magic for guests. If he could have any job working for the Walt Disney Company, what it would be and why. His best tip for you for enjoying Walt Disney World. Something he never gets asked. What inspires him. A little bit about his accent. His advice to you for following your dreams. And of course, shameless plug time. Now a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend. And then it's time to turn the page and continue this story. everyone. Are you looking for a fun-filled and family-friendly Star Wars and Disney podcast? If you answered yes, then join me and my sweetie wife on Skywalking Through Neverland. You can hear us every week. We are Skywalking Through Neverland wherever podcasts are played. We look forward to having you in our Skywalker family. And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic mentioned in regards to the housing complex at the Commons Vista Way. There was like a Disney cast member information portal, I think it was called Enterprise, and certain things were targeted for internationals and certain things were targeted at um, Americans. I basically would look, look at everything. And so the Epcot Christmas tree lighting ceremony, I think that one... Actually, I think I heard about it through my manager at the UK, Epcot, but it was something that 
Not necessarily everyone wanted to do. Some people were busy. They want they because it meant taking time away from the restaurant to take part. And you know, as I mentioned, people were kind. Uh, servers were really interested into getting tips and making as much money as they can. Me, I just wanted to do all these great experiences. So um, I did it a couple of times because I, I was advocating. I was like, um, like I'll do it, I'll do it. Um, whereas I was like, oh, do I do it? Do I have to do it? So I really wanted to do it. And it was just nice to be up on stage directly, you know, next to Mickey, Minnie and Goofy and basically just doing this choreography with them for the Epcot Christmas tree lighting ceremony. Um, so that was that. The Epcot Candlelight Processional, yep, I was the only British singer that year. And in the um, cast member portal, it was almost, the Candlelight Processional was almost like a like a footnote, like something they did all the time. And so they didn't like promote it as, oh, we want whole lo- loads of cast members coming to do it. At least that, that's as far as I recall. But yeah, I remember the narrators who were there at the time when I did it. Um, I mentioned Gary Sinise, but there was also Robbie Benson from Beauty and the Beast and David Ogden Styers also from Beauty and the Beast. And David Ogden Styers, I think is amazingly generous as a performer because he was so you know, kind about acknowledging us as his um, supporting choir, like like regularly throughout the show. You know, he would actually look at us and it was quite easy because as singers, we're right behind the narrators. And so they're obviously delivering to the audience. But David Ogden Styles, he wouldn't just engage with the audience. He would engage with us as his backing singers as well. And it just it just created a really kind of, positive fun and kind of welcoming atmosphere and it kind of reminds me of a story about the candlelight processional that i haven't got in my notes but not only did we get different narrators but we got different conductors and different conductors had certain types of energy and there was one conductor and i I don't remember his name but he was like a sergeant major whenever he came came on you literally maxed everything out um, when it came to your singing, you fully finished every single note, full of energy. And each time, I mean, some people in the um, the choir, when he came along to conduct a particular show, they were like, oh, oh it's this guy, we're going to be exhausted. And for me, I was like, yes, yes, full of energy. Um, <laughs> so that was fun about the Candlelight Processional. It was one of the, the best experiences that I had at Disney. Uh, I've seen it once out there and once out here at Disneyland. and I can imagine being part of the choir is more captivating and overwhelming than watching it. Was there a single choir that does all the performances or were you part one part of one choir that rotated or alternated with other choirs? So you did some of the nights, but not all. I did some of the nights, not all. It's just based on your cast member availability. So it's not like there's one set group, then another set group. It's just everyone mixed in it based on availability. But we as choir singers were, you know, eager to be performing with certain narrators. So it was almost like you had to book your slots um, about when you could perform. Mm-hmm. So... So certain shows, like, say, Christmas Eve, was much more popular. I didn't get to do that one. But I managed to do, I think, a day or two before. That was the closest I could get around directly on Christmas. You could, we were given the, the schedule of who was narrating which show, and then you'd you'd basically kind of pick where you could and see, you know, based on 
when when you could get time off, um, etc. Okay. What vocal part do you sing? Listening to you talk, I'm going to guess second tenor, but I'm not sure. I do sing tenor. I say baritone on a bad day. Uh, <laughs> That kind of environment, in that kind of like, sometimes as, as a tenor singer, I, I sometimes find the, the top notes really quite hard to get to. But being within that choir and within that environment, I'm fully comfortable and confident as a singer, and it kind of brings out the best in you as a singer when you when you're surrounded by so many positive singers. I would say um, an interesting kind of thing is sometimes you're kind of staged within the choir based on height but you're trained as singing you know based on your singing part and so for example i i remember this one poor woman who was stuck with the basses um she was completely surrounded by them <laughs> and so uh, um but she happened to be singing my line so I, I used to kind of almost edge over just kind kind of help her out a bit <laughs> so, so that she, so that she, her line wasn't drowned out by the bass line. Right. Yeah. I'm sure she appreciated having the chance to hear her part next to her, which I'm sure made her more comfortable and confident in her part of the performance. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple of narrators. Were there any others that you were just really excited to get to, to perform with or to back up for Candlelight? Well, I mean, my favorite Disney animated um, feature is Beauty and the Beast. So having having Robbie Benson and David Ogden Styers there was great. I was probably most looking forward to to Robbie Benson, but he he, he didn't engage with us say as David Ogden Styers did, for example. They were all great. And Gary Sinise, I mean, I didn't actually know much about his movies before Mission Space. It literally was him in person like he was on the screen. Um, I thought he was very charismatic and quietly confident in his performance. And so, yeah. Okay. That's really cool. We had also talked about a fun personal adventure that you had as far as visiting each of the Walt Disney World hotels. So what was the intent behind that and you know, what did you do as you were visiting each of the hotels for this adventure? Well, for me, it was just about doing everything I can. I'm quite a bit of a completist. And it was like, okay, we need to do every Disney hotel, which we did at the time. And we just walked around in them. We would just go and we'd probably get some ice cream, things like that. I think there was a really great ice cream machine. I think it was at the Grand Floridian. I kind of really liked the ice cream that kind of comes out of the machine, which I thought was really great. And yeah, it's just, just it was just going to these to going to these different places just just to do it really because most people kind of explore the parks and then they might explore the water parks. But I was thinking, how many actually get to explore all these different hotels? And I actually we had a lot of fun kind of things that we did. There's um kind of statue of um daisy duck at one of the all-star hotels and she's kind of blushing um i may be able to send you the photo but i took a photo of me bending down by her proposing uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, which made a really it's a really fun picture and i can send you that but yeah we would just do little things like that and then there are other things related to hopping from whether it be hotels or parks that were linked to kind of 
guest and cast member opportunities. So there was one Disney event where you had to, uh, you were given like a map and you'd collect one pin from one location, one pin from another. And me being the completest and really eager, um, it's the kind of thing that you're meant to do over like several days. I took my best friend's sister on one day and we, <laughs> it was a crazy day. It literally no, t- there was no time to do anything in the parks. We were literally going monorail to say Magic Kingdom, pick up the pin straight on over to, to Epcot just to get every single pin through the day. And then I remember afterwards we went to, um, Pleasure Island that night and, um, her mom had come on down and she wasn't happy because she thought my best friend's sister, she thought my best friend's sister wasn't being very, very friendly that night because she was out of energy. And I was like, Oh, please be kind. You have no idea what I put her through all day. <laughs> yeah. Exhausted her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there were all, all, all kind of, um, other events like that. Okay. Since you've visited all of the various hotels and parts of the, the resort and everything, what's your favorite of the hotels? Coronado Springs because of the hammocks there. Yeah, I just I just think it's it it just feels kind of. I mean, it helps having the Florida weather. All of that 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 plays a, a a big factor into it as well. But it's just nice to just be outside and be able to to relax completely free and comfortable. And particularly late at night, it's not like it's it's crowded. So you've got the whole place to yourself. And I mean. We were basically, me and my best friend that went, we were basically pretending it would, we were Disney guests. I mean, because technically it might have been frowned on. I don't, I'm not sure whether it was actually disallowed or just frowned on about if whether a cast member or a guest, you go to a hotel that isn't one that you're actually staying in. But yeah, we just wanted to, to go exploring and um, only one time at 1 a.m., where we had a security guard come on by and they said, don't you think you should probably get to your room now? And we were said, yeah. And we were like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And then we got the Disney cast member bus. <laughs> <laughs> so you did technically do what the guard suggested you should probably do, just not in the way he probably thought you were going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> now, I understand you also took part in some pretty cool charity-related experiences. What did you do for those? And actually, let's start with Give Kids the World if we can. I've volunteered there, and it's kind of one that's closest to my heart there in the Orlando area. Like I said before, there were certain things that were mainly aimed at, say, college program. I Had I been at the Commons um, and not spent that much time at Vista Way, I may not have heard about it. And so at Vista Way, I saw a poster um, about Give Kids the World. And that's that's how I became involved. And we'd get a special bus that would take us over to give the kids the World Village. And the first thing we would do is we would watch a Walter Cronkite video um, about Give Kids the World, which um, is also on YouTube now. I think it's called um, Making Dreams Come True for Special Children. I just wish they had a better copy available, but I have seen it on YouTube. But I just found it really inspirational. And so being at Give Kids the World Village, the idea is that it's terminally your children that, that go there and their families. And so the night that you're there with them is almost like a night off, supposedly from the pressure for for, for the parents. And so you're spending time. And it's also 
more feeding for the children and things like that. And so a typical evening um, when I was volunteering would involve playing with the children in a, in, a, in, a, in a playhouse with various toys. And then we would go to get some ice cream where they had a whole big ice cream parlor. Um, and then we may watch a children's show. It could be a puppet show, a comedy show, something like that. And then we go back on the, uh, the merry-go-round that they had there at Give Kids the World. Yeah, I'm quite familiar with the merry-go-round. My first shift that I had there was actually operating the merry-go-round for a few hours. That's a really amazing – the whole place is amazing, but that carousel, I think, is kind of extra special and extra amazing. Yeah, and it feels really good that you're trying to bring some positive into children's lives despite their circumstances. Right. Had you heard of Give Kids the World before you volunteered there? or Completely new thing. I'd never heard of it. I think they were very careful about um, at Disney about how, how they were very open with us about what it was. They're saying it's not a Disney thing. They're saying it's it's a, it's a charity and we support them. But yeah, that's that's kind of how how, how they promoted it. They just said it was just something if you want to do it. And the first time I did it, I think it was it was not like doing the, this type of thing was like top on my list of priorities. As in in regards to okay, I'm going to go to America and take part and in some volunteer work or some charity things like that. But I just saw it and I just thought it just seemed like it would be interesting and a positive thing to do. I I had the time available. I wanted to do something special with that time. And so that's what I did. Sounds like a really good choice. They described kind of what the village is and the families that are there. So did you go into it kind of anticipating it to be a certain way? For a lot of people that I've talked to that have volunteered there, they were concerned that you know, it was going to be kind of a depressing thing. And then they got there and the kids were just so excited and the families were so grateful and everything that it ended up being a really in, uh, energizing, positive, enjoyable experience. Uh, was that kind of what you experienced or when you went into it, did you kind of think that it might be something more positive uh, just based on the description? As I said before, I don't generally, I try to avoid having expectations. I just ha have hopes. And right. I, I had no particular expectation. I just thought it would be playing around with, with children um, in a positive way. I, I, I didn't really, really think about that. And I, I think kind of the way you described about how people might think it will be like, I mean, that's that's kind of where you're coming from with a person and your perspective on life and what you what you kind of think it, things might be. And the fact that it was a charity thing and doing something what I would think is positive, I, I automatically focused on the positive aspects. So yeah, I didn't I didn't really think about the gonna be depressing or anything like that. Just really didn't cross my mind. Oh okay. That's good. I know you took part in some other kind of Disney related charity events as well. What were those that you did? What were those experiences like? There was Make a Wish and Disney Hand. Um, I took part um, in basically in kind of an activity night, which was they were kind of interlinked. And basically, cast members and friends donated money. And then Fantasyland, the Magic Kingdom, was opened late, just just that area, for you to ride the ride as many times as you liked. And it was only open to cast members and their friends. And so I was given to charity, but also almost... Um, it's almost like you're popular because it's like, hey, guys, I got a way into, you want to go fantasy land late at night? I can get you guys in. 
so yeah, it was that. It was that. <laughs> it was that kind of thing. Um, but there was just there was just so many just cast member things that were either charity or not charity that that were great to be involved in. I didn't run the Disney half marathon, but I loved supporting cast members as as, as they ran it. So yeah, Disney are always doing lots of events um, at Walt Disney World um, that are just about having fun and, you know, being magical and all things like that. Yeah. And speaking as a runner, I'm sure that the runners for the Disney Half Marathon that you were there cheering for really appreciated having you. It makes a big difference to have those spectators along the course cheering us on and encouraging us. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. Um, also, from what they don't get to see is the, the, the perspective. Because the, the we're trying to support our runners. So we would say, beginner Epcot, be there, cheery, happy, 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 wave, wave, wave as they go on by. And then go, quick, we got to get over to Magic Kingdom. Bomb it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, we'd like run on over to, to Magic Kingdom or whatever the other park was next. And, and then, then we'd be there already there, waving happy, happy, happy all over again. <laughs> <laughs> you had your own race that you had to participate yeah. in just to yeah, keep I, up. Yeah, I was one of those that I was like, no, we are not missing them. We have to get there. We have to get there. <laughs> right. So what got you interested in Disney to begin with that kind of then eventually led you down this path? Well, I've been a fan of animation in general um, from when I was a kid, whether it be Hanna-Barbera or Don Bluth and American Tale and The Land Before Time. But it has been mainly Disney. My first ever Disney video was Disney's sing-along songs, Zippity-Doodah. Um, I loved the Disney sing-along song series. I, I, I collected every single one. And what was really exciting when I was working at Walt Disney World was that there were certain volumes that weren't available in the UK. And vice versa, there have actually been some available in the UK that aren't available in the US. There's one, um, there was one available in the UK from Hercules, which is not available in the US. And there was one in the US from Mulan, which is not available in the UK. But I love Disney sing-along songs. And particularly the Zippity-Doodah, the whole um, Song of the South. I mean, I love the movie. Um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite Disney movie, but I, I really like it. And I found that um, when I worked with that movie, I came from an innocent place when I watched it. And so I was kind of unaware of all the racial controversy that I learned about as I grew up. But now that I am growing up, I kind of wish that people would accept it from the innocent place that I accepted it from and I still currently do. Other things, uh, my all-time favorite Disney animated movie, as I said, is Beauty and the Beast. I'm also a huge fan of The Little Mermaid and The Rescuers Down Under. I, I've already mentioned I stopped by The Fountains. Also love The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Lily on Stitch. And Brother Bear in 2003, when I was working for Disney, was the first animated feature I saw in America. I love the Disney shorts, I, uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk. I, I saw the short before I knew it was part of Fun and Fancy Free. I love other shorts, Donald of Math Magic Land, Mickey's Christmas Carol. I love The Prince and the Pauper. Um, I love the, the 1980s and 90s movies, such as Return to Oz, The Mighty Ducks Trilogy, and... Someone who, who I think would be great for you to interview, who, who, um, uh, a voiceover podcast have, have interviewed is, um, a Disney voiceover artist called Mark Elliott. 
He's the one that created the real excitement in all Disney movies for me. Um, I remember when, when like the Little Mermaid came came on video, it was like, "It's here, the most successful animated film of all time." Walt Disney's classic. It was this whole big, big excitement. So each Disney movie, particularly during the Renaissance period, was like a big, big event. And that particular voiceover made it out to, to kind of, kind of be like that. And then going from Disney movies, you know, I, I started looking more into Walt Disney and his life. I have several books that I, that I loved, which were, I, I like the Disney Studio story by Richard and Brian Sibley. There was the Encyclopedia of Walt Disney's Animated Characters by John Grant and David Smith, which I think is one of the most aesthetically pleasing <laughs> books I've seen. Seeing all the, all the color and the animation. There was another book I loved by Bob Thomas about art of animation from Mickey Mouse to Beauty and the Beast. So yeah, that's so many things. I mean, even, even now as we're recording this, I mean, Disney as a whole, sometimes like nowadays, that that real kind of magic that maybe they had 20 years ago, it's kind of, sometimes they have it, some, it's kind of hit and miss, kind of like, like for me, for there are certain things that are popular, like, but I don't necessarily think they're necessarily as good. Like, for example, I've heard Frozen be put up there with Beauty and the Beast, but I personally love Beauty and the Beast um, so much more than Frozen. Um but yeah, to, I've been listening to just over these past few days and I just downloaded it. It's the soundtrack to the Freaky Friday musical. Uh, have you heard of that? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's not on Broadway, but it's been going a- around very small areas in America. And yeah, I'm just, um, let me just see if I, oh yeah, there's this great song. If you want to keep track of a lot of Disney music, if you subscribe to the, um, Disney Vivo, um, YouTube channel and that's how I discovered the soundtrack because they played a song on there called um, After All of This and Everything which is a really beautiful song that soundtrack it, like reminds me of like real Disney again I'm like that that is a really amazing example of amazing Disney music there's so many other things related to, related to Disney that I love I, I love Gallivant on ABC with Adam I, I love both seasons of that show, and I thought it was such a shame that that ended. But there are also things that, I, that, that I've missed, having not been at Walt Disney World, like um, Finding Nemo the Musical. I would love to see that. In fact, if, if I were to... I've got a soundtrack to it, and I would definitely recommend that... There's a podcast called The Meandering Mouse Podcast. I, I don't think it's running now. But they got um, a, a, a recording for my, I think... Either the first, a, a, a preview or a very early showing of Finding Nemo the Musical at Walt Disney World. And that version, if you look out for it on iTunes, that is the best sounding version of Finding Nemo the Musical, in my opinion. The, the, the vocals are just amazing. But yeah, with Disney, I still have an, have an active interest. I, I do hope they, they get to make more Disney movies now. Um, I mean, it's great seeing other things like Star Wars. I love Star Wars. But there are certain things, certain like, like I mentioned the 1990s live action films, the, um, uh, the Avengers of Huck Finn and, um, the Mighty Ducks trilogy and Pocus Pocus. I kind of want films out now that will kind of get me as excited as I was then. Um, I hope Disney can kind of get back to that. I've just had so many positive experiences with Disney. I think 
I love seeing Fantasia 2000, the IMAX, um, the day that came out. But yeah, it all, it all, I'm, I'm always listening to various podcasts. I, I don't know any of them. I feel like I've given them a free plug. Um, <laughs> um, I listen to Inside the Magic. I think that's a great podcast. Walt Disney World Memories is, an, is another great one where they have the audio of all the, all the rides that you've been on at Walt Disney World. There's just so much. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to more of what, what Disney has to offer. Um, and interestingly enough, I've, I'm now digital. I'm completely digital download now. I don't do um, Blu-rays or, or DVDs because my, my collection was so vast. I had thousands and thousands and thousands, and it would cost me a fortune every time I moved. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it, got, it, it got to a place where I was like, I can't afford to move because I've got too much stuff. <laughs> so I had to get rid of it all. And so I, I've literally, I, I'm all iTunes downloads now. And I'm having to rebuy them all over again. I'm like, okay, what is it? What is it now? Signature collection. Okay, great. Let's start with that with Snow White, Beauty and the Beast and Pinocchio. So yeah, I'm, yeah, it, although I'm not at Disney now, I think hopefully based on your, my conversation with you, I try to remain as current as possible. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. So when you were there working at Walt Disney World throughout that year or so that you were there for the international program, what did you love most about what you did? It was simply, um, connecting with children in a magical way. So that could be anything, whether it be the, the magic one moment at Epcot, or it could be the, you know, you sometimes get attached to children as well. And and I said about certain jobs, you have more time to spend with children. I mean, there was one guy in particular when um, I, I, I was helping her design various hopscotch. And I think I was about to, I, I don't know if I was like ending my shift or something like like that, but I played with her for some time and then she she went off and then her and her mom came up to me and she's like, oh, she's been searching for you everywhere. She didn't want you to go before saying bye or anything. And and so when you get to play with children um, and kind of, you know, help kind of facilitate that kind of magical world, uh, it kind of makes things magical for you and kind of, because day to day we have to deal with all that kind of, cynicism and things things like that and it's kind of nice that that disney kind of reminds us that things don't always have to be like that Mm -hmm. yeah that's true so you've mentioned a couple of stories that you had from when you were working there of interacting with guests whether the eeyore story or the the hopscotch which i think would be a lot of fun to play hopscotch in epcot (laughs) i don't know if any Adults participated, or if it was mainly just the kids that participated in the hopscotch games. But do you have any other favorite stories of something that you were able to do that made magic for a guest, uh, or even something that a guest did maybe that made magic for you? Like kind of like that story that you were just mentioning about that girl. I guess it's basically. I mean, I don't necessarily remember specific like events. It's it's, it's general themes of you know guests remembering and appreciating um, who you are as a cast member. So, you know, you're, you're going about your, your, your day-to-day job and there's, as a Disney cast member, there is a lot of pressure. Um, there's a lot of really, really high expectations of what you're meant to do. A Disney guest is basically king and queen of the park, you know? And so you need to kind of treat them and you're expected to treat them as in that kind of fashion. And, there's just such high expectations in that regard. Um, and so it's just simply great that they, they actually 
notice and, and remember you for, for, for the effort that you're, you're putting in because the effort that you're putting in is not the kind of place that you'll find in a regular store down the street. Most Disney cast members really, really are genuinely going the, going the extra mile. And it's really good sometimes when you meet certain cast members who are, who are on the same page as far as going the extra mile. Like when I was at the UK Epcot, there's a general expectation that I'd be mainly hanging out with my cast members in, in, in food and beverage and maybe the, the, um, cast members in, um, merchandise would hang out with those. But I wasn't just doing that. I went on backstage. Not only did I get to, to know the Disney characters, but I, I was hanging out with custodial and, and custodial, you know, they, they, because they're everywhere in the park, they know so much and they are so helpful with you when you suddenly need, need something. So I could be saying, I might happen to mention to a kid like, oh no, I've, I think this guest left, left behind this something at UK and I think they're headed the other way around. We'll probably never catch them now. And then the custodian will say, hey, wait, no, I got a guy. He's currently in Morocco. Okay. I'm going to radio him and wh- whatever. And then we could kind of coordinate together and then maybe return something to a guest. So I, I just love it when things like that happen. Yeah. And I'm sure a guest that probably in some of those cases, what you were just describing may not have even realized that they were missing the thing they were missing before it was returned to them. And so that's even an extra layer of magic. It's one thing to get back something you know you've lost, but to get it back before you know you've lost it, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of one of those things that, like you say, that takes the Disney service to the next level that you may not find a lot of other places. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's exactly that. I mean, and they're very on, on every, even things like Florida weather, you know, we we have very specific information. It, it, you know, we'd get like, we'd be in the restaurant and we'd get a notice. It's like, we we get something like, bam, down the hatches in about 22 minutes. And so then everyone would start getting prepared and things like that for, for, for the change of weather. And then you'd look at the time, 22 minutes, yep, there's that cloud. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was all very, very organized. Very interesting. That's great. Now we do get into some of the wrap-up questions here had some really great stories and great perspective from uh, someone from the international program that I haven't had a chance to have before, which is great. So as we wrap, you're starting to the wrap up here. Uh, if you could have any job working for the Walt Disney Company, what would it be and why? I would be a Disney animated film voiceover artist. I think obviously, you know, there are so many parts that make up um, an animated film. I mean, when I was very young, um, part of me did want to be a Disney animator. I could, as a child, I, I could copy Disney animation and make it look like it had been traced. So I had a really good, good awareness of things like that in regards to Disney animation, but I couldn't really do my own stuff. So I was great at copying things almost precisely. But yeah, now I'd, I'd love to be a voiceover artist and then maybe get to narrate the candlelight processional. Oh yeah, that would be great. I think that would be right up your alley from the things that you enjoyed so much when you were working there. Yeah, that would be really fun. Now, I know it's been a while since you worked there, but uh, some things kind of don't change. A lot does, but some things don't change. So do you have any tips that you want to share with guests? You know, Maybe something that they may not know that could make their visit better. Maybe particularly when it comes to visiting World Showcase or, or something like that, but it could be for anything related. I would say just have a plan. And then basically go go go. That that was my that, that was my plan in in two thousand. It, it was my, my my plan. What do you never get asked that you wish people would ask you? 
Can we go watch a Disney movie together? <laughs> I expect your answer to that question would pretty much always be yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously it's different at Walt Disney World, but um, in some social circles, uh, Disney might not always be cool. Uh, or it may be seemed like it's aimed at a certain type of audience. And I kind of think it's aimed at pretty much everybody. So, yeah, if someone were to come up to me on the street and say, hey, can we watch a Disney movie together? I'd be like, yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a good answer. I like that. <laughs> now, what inspires you? What inspires me? People that strive to be the best that they can be and are able to do it in a kind and unselfish way. I think it's so easy to say, just be the best you can. And then sometimes for people that that aren't confident, that doesn't really help them, or some people that do do that, and then maybe they might become a little bit arrogant at a certain point. So yeah, I'd say it's just with various people and, and um, with what I'm currently doing in my life, I'm I'm always trying to to encourage children and adults to think outside the box, to be creative, don't always be dependent on something else to inspire you. Why don't you be the inspiration? So yeah, people that can be inspired and are inspiring. That inspires me. Okay, good. Tell me about your accent. <laughs> My accent is an interesting story because I'm, I was... I'm born in London, England, but I've always been a fan of American culture. So when I was 16, I spoke to an American and a Canadian, and I asked them to teach me the American accent. And it was meant to be like a, a two-week trial, and where I'd try and see if I could do this American accent in my everyday life. And so I, so I did that, and I did, did it pretty good. But then people that knew me before that time started saying to me, hey, Lee, why are you speaking with an American accent? And so what I did was I kind of toned it down. So it was kind of like middle of the road between American and between um, English. And so I find that now it becomes stronger depending on who I'm around. It may be a little bit more American when I'm around Americans and more, more London when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm in London sometimes, which is interesting because during my Walt Disney World experience, I was representing the UK. So when I was working, I was speaking my original London accent. And then when I wasn't working, I would kind of speak in kind of like a mid-accent. It's quite a complicated thing with my accent. It kind of varies kind of strange. But that's the story about my accent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. That is a pretty good story. So then the other question I had that I'd forgotten to write down for you is that uh, you know, a lot of people who are listening have their own dreams and maybe they've decided that they're too hard or it's just not practical or something like that. But you're somebody who had a dream that it wasn't just, hey, I want to work for Disney, but you know, I've got to relocate for a year and get a visa and be part of the international program and did all these fun things and you know interesting things while you were here to further that experience. So what would you say to the person who feels like they just are not going to be able to do this, whatever this thing is that they've been dreaming of? I mean, I'm kind of experiencing that myself and I'm kind of on my own journey right now. I'll get to that in just a second, but I would say just make sure you get all the information that you need, have a plan and then go, go, go. Making sure you 
just do your research about whatever you wherever you want to be. It may maybe you want to go on a diet. Maybe you you want to do something related to fitness. Maybe you want to be somewhere. Get all the information that you can, and then go step by step to kind of get there. And don't necessarily approach it as oh my god, I got to do all these things to to get to my goal. Start with the first thing, tick that off. <laughs> Then go to the next thing, and by doing that, you'll get closer and closer. I mean, linking to where I am right now, I've always wanted to come to America as an actor, and I already qualified for the actor visa. But various conditions of the visa, where one, it costs about five thousand dollars plus lawyer fees, and then you can only do acting work in America. You're not allowed to do a day job, and so there are various things like. So basically, for me to be, even start and have a go at this acting thing in America, I have to what save like what twenty five thousand dollars or more um, just just to even be there and just try it out, and I, I won't even be allowed to do a day job. And so what I'm doing right now to kind of resolve that, because it's being kind of a sticking point, is I've gone back into education as a trainee teacher teaching、uh, drama, and so、um, I, I also still do acting. But、um, the idea is that you you earn a lot of lot of money in the UK as as a teacher, and so I, I'm hoping that I'll be able to get through the course that I'm currently on, and then、um, become a qualified teacher, earn enough money, pay for the visa, and then go to America as an actor. And in doing this, although I've had this plan, there are other things that I didn't expect to kind of happen. I'm kind of realizing that I might actually be able to do both when I'm over there. I may be able to act and teach, which would resolve,、um, and because they're kind of connected, that would resolve the you know not being able to take a non-acting job or things like that. But yeah, so that's been a big thing in my life, and and it's it's very much a long-term plan that started a couple of years ago,、um, and it's going to take several more years before I get there. But、um, I've got my clear goal. I hope I stick to it, and I'm just working step by step. So, not only am I preaching it、um, away, I'm going through the experience myself right now. Okay, that's good advice, and、uh, I wish you well as you're on your own journey to live out your next dream. That's great. It's great that you have a plan, and that you're maybe discovering some alternative avenues that <laughs> will make that plan work even better. Last thing here, as we wrap, the final question of this show is always shameless plug time.、Uh, is there anything that you'd like to mention or promote? Maybe how people can find you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever.、Uh, I know you're on the UK's IMDb site.、Uh, I'm not sure about the US, but I know you're on the UK one. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the IMDb.、Um, you know, if, if you Google Lee Neville, you'll either get a footballer or an actor. I'll be the actor. <laughs> um, okay. I have worked really hard trying to promote myself, so it's good that I do come up on about half the listings. It'll probably be me. But yeah, yeah there's my website www.leenevel.com. It hasn't been updated in a while. I am going to be updating it soon, but it's hugely expansive because it's divided into the side of me as an actor and the side of me as a filmmaker. So because I've I've written and directed、um, nine short films to date. And so, my particular short film company, we just make it under zero budget, no, no, no big aspirations. It's just opportunity to create acting opportunities for myself and fellow actors. The company is called Lee Neville Entertainment.、Um, you'll find that through www.leenevel.com. There's also a 
Facebook page, uh, Lee Neville fan page, and there's um, a Lee Neville Entertainment Facebook page. I am on Twitter at, at the Lee Neville. I don't really use it as much. Um, I'm probably more more on, on on Facebook and through the the website. But as an actor, I'm always interested in knowing fellow people in the industry, and I can be contacted through through my website. And um, yeah, have you talk about Disney as well? Okay, great. I will definitely put links to all of that stuff in the show notes and. Uh, may even put links to the Google search just for fun so people can see that uh, and not have to do the Googling for themselves. Thank you so much for your time, for your patience as we had to work this out, trying to coordinate across multiple time zones. But I'm glad we got to get your perspective and your stories and give you a chance to share some of your love of Disney. I really appreciate it. I think you're doing a great job with the podcast and you get to meet so many great people. And I hope you continue doing the great stuff that you're doing. Well, thank you very much. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A very special thank you to Lee Neville for being my guest and to you for listening. Next time, if all goes according to plan, we're back with another return guest, this one with even more Disney magic than usual. Remember to contact me for more information or to get a quote for the podcast cruise. Actually, it's podcast for podcast listeners and for readers of my books and for friends and family and whoever else would like to come coming up on the Disney Wonder in September of 2017. September 17th to the 22nd, in fact. I want you to join us. Now, I'll link to the episode where we talked about it, but here are some more details about the new enhancements to the Disney Wonder cruise ship and about Halloween on the High Seas, both of which we'll be experiencing. This is straight from the Disney Parks blog website, and there's so much to go into here, so I'm just going to kind of hit a few of the highlights here. Uh, so in the Disney Oceaneers Club, which is one of the kids' spaces, we're adding the Marvel Superhero Academy. It says Marvel Superhero Academy will offer extraordinary adventures in which kids play an integral role. With the mentorship of some of Marvel's greatest superheroes, young trainees will learn the value of teamwork, bravery, and problem-solving through hands-on play and programs. Spider-Man will appear in person to help children hone their spider senses by perfecting their skills, and other Marvel superheroes will interact with children via large digital displays. Now, I've also seen pictures of Black Widow there. It's not mentioned in the post here, but I've seen pictures of Black Widow there. Uh, also, replacing one of the restaurants is now Tiana's Place. It's taking the place of Parrot Key. Tiana's Place Restaurant, inspired by Princess Tiana in The Princess and the Frog, will transport you to an era of Southern charm, spirited jazz, and street party celebrations. Here you'll be treated to New Orleans dining and entertainment with live music creating a French Quarter Supper Club atmosphere. I cannot wait to experience that one. Honestly, Parrot Key was my least favorite of the old dining rooms, and I have a feeling Tiana's Place is going to become my new favorite of the current dining rooms. They're also adding an English pub called Cheers, and then they've added some enhancements. Uh, After Hours is the new adult district, which features that pub that I just mentioned, an all-new nightclub, and it says a shiny new model of the popular Cadillac Lounge. Now, if you've been on the Disney Wonder before, this is what was Route 66, and it's now After Hours. Uh, A reimagined and relaxing Census Spa and Salon, and a new chill teen spa. 
Uh, Animator's palette has been updated to introduce the popular Drawn to Magic and Animation Magic dinner shows. Cabana's uh, casual dining location. Uh, Paolo, the specialty restaurant, is getting uh, a makeover or has gotten a makeover. Uh, the D Lounge for family games and entertainment. Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique offering magical makeover tweens. The It's a Small World Nursery for Youngest Cruisers. Uh, also, the upper decks have been redesigned with the Twist and Spout Water Slide. Dory's Reef, which is a splash zone for uh, toddlers. So obviously my little one will be taking advantage of that one, I'm sure. And also the Aqua Lab, which is a pool and interactive water play area for kids and families. Now they do not have an Aqua Duck or an Aqua Dunk. Apparently that was just taking up too much real estate on the ship and wasn't as popular in the case of the Aqua Dunk as they would have liked it to be, so they're just not adding that to this one. Also, in addition to Marvel Superhero Academy, there's going to be new play spaces and more character interactions for children in the Oceaneers Club, which is going to include the Frozen Adventures, where fun takes the form of imaginative play and hands-on activities, it says. Uh, also, there's going to be another section related to Frozen, which is going to feature an in-person visit from Anna and Elsa as young guests prepare for a coronation, Club Disney Junior features favorite Disney Junior characters, storytelling, and games. Uh, one that I think is really cool. During one activity, Doc McStuffins pays a visit to the club to help children diagnose and treat their stuffed animals. Uh, and then Andy's Room, where kids feel toy-sized in the multi-level play space themed to the Toy Story trilogy. As a special treat, Woody appears in person to join youngsters in a hoedown, and Jesse stops by to join in a scavenger hunt. Now, these are all of the... Just the new enhancements coming to the or that have come to the Disney Wonder, but we're not just sailing on the Disney Wonder at any old time of year. We're going to be on it during Halloween on the high seas, and let me tell you just a little bit about what's involved in that. Uh, again, from the, the this is actually from the official Disney Cruise website, and since they haven't done any of this year's Halloween on the high seas cruises, I'm just going to go with what they've got to say, because uh, it pretty much matches up with what I've seen pictures and video of from last year. It says, Discover magical mischief and spellbinding surroundings as you commemorate Halloween at sea. Thrills and chills await you at every turn thanks to not-so-scary parties, eerie entertainment, and bewitching decor, including an evolving Halloween tree that eerily transforms throughout your cruise. Unearth some festive entertainment during this ghoulish cruise, like Mickey's Mousquerade Party. Shiver in delight during a scarabration alive with ghoulish games, trick-or-treating, dancing and some favorite Disney pals be decked in Halloween attire. Halloween activities, of course. Unearth frightful fun for the entire family, including mask making and pumpkin carving. Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas Sing and Scream. It says it's season's screamings during this interactive movie experience, followed by a meet and greet with Jack and Sally. So if you're a big fan of The Nightmare Before Christmas, you're going to want to be on one of these sailings, and it might as well be the one that we're doing this group on. Also, Haunted Stories of the Sea. Listen to a ghost story or two during an eerie campfire-style storytelling experience on deck. And Halloween isn't just for kids. Shudder and shake at this adults-only party that includes a costume contest. And even more spooky surprises await you on board. Sound like fun? Email me at cruise at storiesofthemagic.com and I'll give you even more details and a free no-obligation quote. Our group is filling up, like I said last time, and space is limited, so if you think you even might be interested, contact me today. Now for this week's Stories of the Magic Tips and Tidbits. 
I've got a parks tip that applies to all of the Disney parks, at least all of the stateside ones. Any counter surface restaurant will give you a cup of water and or ice for free. Just ask. Now usually this comes in a pretty small cup, but if you ask, most will give you a large cup instead. And having a large cup of water and or ice, ice water, whatever, when you're in the parks on a hot day, it can make all the difference in the world. If you're currently doing something because of your love for Disney, you've written a book, created a website, you're blogging, writing, or performing music, art, whatever it may be, and you want to tell people about it and why it matters to you, then I want to hear from you. I also want to talk to and hear from people who've worked for Disney. And if you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience, you've had an interaction or an encounter with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic, or had any special Disney experience that you want to share, I would love to hear from you too. For any of these, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, Stitcher Smart Radio, or through Google Play Music. If you like the show, please rate and review it in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. It really does help. And by the way, the effect of reviews and ratings in the iTunes store actually goes away after about a year. So if you've left a review, but it's been more than a year, please go in and leave a new one, update it, whatever you've got to do to make that current. Because if you did it, say, a year and a half ago, then... As helpful as it was at the time, and as much as I still appreciate it, it's really not making a difference anymore, so I really need you to go in and update it or leave a new one. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode, like the ones that Lee and I talked about in this episode. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash storiesofthemagic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash storiesofmagic and tweet out that you're listening or pin it on Pinterest. Tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic too. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories, but this tale is finished. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line, 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.